with the World Series going on, we are in a 3-2 to two lead with the Braves. We got a lot of good stuff going on. The NBA is back. We're two weeks in. There's some cool teams going crazy. We had Halloween this week and a lot of sports to talk about, including somebody in the darkness looming over there. Let's get right into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. My name is Julian. I'm here with Batman, a.k.a. Brooklyn. What's going on, brother? What's poppin', bro? I'm doing good. Had a fun weekend. Halloween was dope. Tired. Yes. And most importantly, ready to talk some sports. Yeah, dude. It, it, was, a, it was a long weekend for us. We hope everybody yeah. had a great Halloween. Everybody stayed safe. And all that good stuff. And uh, let us know what you guys dressed as. We're still dressed. We'll celebrate one day late. Because why not? Uh, you why not? Julian over here. And we got Batman. And we wanted to share a little bit of, you know, holiday cheer. And as we head into Christmas time now. And one of the best times of the year. The weather's getting a little chilly over here in Florida. It really feels like football season. And uh, guess what? We got a lot of football to talk with you. We do. We got a lot of talk. Let's get right into it, honestly, Brooke. You know what we got to do around here. Winners, winners and losers, baby. Winners and losers. And I'm going to start off with the winners. Backup quarterbacks from around the league. Yeah, dude. That's, I mean, hey, that's the name of this episode. Yeah. Uh, backups. Absolutely crazy week for backups. And not just, like, playing well, but, like, getting big wins for the teams that... And yeah, and random spots too. Like you look at Trevor Simeon coming in for Jameis Winston after he tears his ACL. So speedy recovery to him. It really sucks because it seemed like he he's getting his footing now with the Saints, and tough to see with that. But then you got Cooper Rush on prime time Sunday Night Football. Dax down, steps in, does his thing, and then Mike played a couple years either. Yeah, and then Mike White for the Jets uh, with Zach Wilson going down. They go ahead, pick up Joe Flacco. They don't end up playing him. They bring in homeboy, and he goes for 405 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. And uh, they came to play. Yeah, they came to play, and they played a very good defense over in Cincinnati. And uh, this is maybe the first week, maybe ever, for the spectators that we have good things to say about the Jets. I mean... It's it's less it's it's not so much the Jets being great, but they kind of found a, a a little little something with with Mr. White over here. And I know the head coach already <laughs> said he's going to be a starter next week. We'll see how how that kind of works. If this is uh, a, a flash in the pan, or if this is something that he could provide a team that really needs any sort of bright spot. Anything, man. It's, and I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, anything to make your team watchable, right? Yeah. Because it, it's hard when you're not even excited for a game. It, it, it's just really hard. But yeah, big winners. Again, backup quarterbacks. When they come in, you, you can't expect a whole lot unless you have one of, like, the better backups. Um, and none of these guys were considered the better of the backups of the group. But they're, I mean, the Saints beating the Bucks is a big deal because that's that game's gonna matter, come playoff time, come seeding time, and all that. 
Uh, the Bucks don't have a lot of losses on their on their schedule moving forward, and if you can kind of sneak one in there when it maybe shouldn't have happened, you know. Yeah, you're looking good. You're looking real good, and uh, Rush holding it down with Dak being down is a is a big deal because that offense really runs around Dak and like his ability to just just to really just slang that thing. You know. Uh, that's a fact, and Dak's been impressive when he's been on the field this year. Yeah, also big, uh, big salute to the comeback journey we've seen from him. Yeah, and from a pretty brutal injury. Uh, yeah, well, just coming back from injuries is really rough, especially a quarterback you hit. Cool to see. Um, we also didn't even mention PJ Walker is a backup, and he leads the Panthers to a win to get them back in the win column. They start three and zero. They go zero and four. Not a back at 500, get a divisional win, you know, maybe you can kind of get into the right groove of things. You're starting to get some guys healthy. I don't know how much I trust the Panthers, but they're, they're good. They're looking okay, especially with a big win like this. They needed this. They just got to keep on just holding on until Christian gets back. And then once he gets back, you just hope everything's well-oiled. Darnold comes back. You maybe get the Darnold from the beginning of the year. And you see what happens. Yeah. So, well, that, that's a story yet to be told. That's a story yet to be told. Uh, winner for me. Um, the, the New England Patriots and Mac Jones. Uh, yeah. This team is showing a weird amount of fight. They... They're competitive in a lot of games that they maybe shouldn't be. Uh, really should have beat Dallas. They almost beat the Bucks. And those are two losses. If they win those two games, they're sitting here at 6-2, and two, and this is a very different conversation. But they go into L.A., into that brand-new stadium, beat the Chargers, and really just hold a great offense for the most part down. And, you know, uh, Herbert had a couple picks. One of them wasn't his fault. There was a little tip drill. Ruins a drive. That changes the whole game, obviously. But, hey, we I said it before the season started. I think the Patriots are going to be a sneaky, sneaky team. Yeah. And they're going to play spoiler, and they're going to try and play spoiler into a second wild card. Yeah, I was right there with you on the Pats just showing up this year. Yeah. For, for lack of anything more, just showing up. And being a Patriot team. Yeah, it, that's the thing. They feel very Patriot-esque, and they, they just have a young leader. I'm, I'm not going to say that he is or isn't the guy. We don't really know. He's having a pretty good year. Uh, not like a crazy rookie campaign, but he's, he's having a good year. And yeah. I think a lot of people expected that. Mac Jones, is um, he got drafted by the Patriots. We're like, oh, yeah, that, that'll that work. And, it, and it, There's yeah. certain times you look at a guy and just, yeah, he fits yeah. like every sense of it. He fits, and dude, that's exactly what you saw with Mac Jones. That's exactly right. And then we're gonna hop it over to the losers. Um, I got a big loser, a big loser for this week. So big that it takes up an entire seaboard. The NFC West is a loser this week, and hear me out. Why? Right. Seahawks get okay. a big win. They needed to get back in into the win column. Uh, the Cardinals lose a tough game to the Packers. You lose to a really battered Packers team. They don't have most of their weapons, and you let Aaron Rodgers kind of play 
Like, he had all of them. And uh, those are the games you need to win, especially in the NFC, to try and get those one or two seeds. You really need a buy in the NFC because those top six, seven teams over there are really good. So the Cardinals take a loss. That's going to be a tough one. But not even that. The L.A. Rams trading for Vaughn Miller. And the deal they went down today, two, uh, a second and a third round pick, I think, for next year's draft. They give up for the future Hall of Famer. He is a one-man wrecking crew, and he's kind of had some health issues uh, the last year or so. Mm-hmm. You put him with Aaron Donald on that line, and those are two generational talents. Absolutely. I'm I'm scared for Kyler Murray. I'm scared for Russell Wilson or Geno or Cam Newton or whoever winds up being quarterback over there. Jimmy Garoppolo's shaking in his boots right now. What do you do? What do you do? That defense is scary. Well, and the and the crazy thing too is in the years past, the best way to beat a Tom Brady team, right? And I'm gonna say this to the Bucks, they're the class of the NFC. As of right now, Super Bowl champs, you know. Um, the way to beat the Bucks in the past, or not the Bucks, the Tom Brady teams in the past, is get to Tom without the blitz. Yeah. And when you have two guys like that, and the Bucks still have a really good O-line, but you get two guys like that, and they're probably having a crash course to play in the playoffs, I'd imagine, right? I don't know. And they're rolling right now, too. That, that's the thing. They, they handled their business against the Texans as they should have. They look good. Yeah, no, no doubt, though. They get better. They get better. The rich get richer. The rich get richer. It's going to be really interesting in a couple years when we're watching the 2022-23 drafts and the Rams just don't have a single pick. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's just what's happened when they traded for everybody and, foul and and their book they're hoping that they could have a a ring under their belt before that happens yeah and i mean because then it's all worth it well, okay we got only... no draft picks but yeah. we we sold everything away and we got a return well, but when you get to that point and you got nothing to show for it and now you got nothing to build on top of that that's when it's tough it, it's tough and one cool thing about the rams too at least I thought they were going to be dead by this point just because of all the draft capital and players they gave away when they were good a couple of years ago with Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. And they have retooled so efficiently. It's crazy. Now, Cooper Cup becoming a top three wide receiver in the league almost overnight really helps. Going like getting Matthew Stafford obviously really helps. Um, and then Jalen staying as good as he's been, Aaron Donald being as good as he's been. All these things help out, right? But they really turned it around. I thought they were going to be just done once that uh, that initial Super Bowl window was over. Yeah. That's a uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. I like the weather outside. Open that window again. And, <laughs> and here they are. Let me Open in. it right back up. Let me in. So, it's cool to see. Very cool to see. Uh, you got a loser for me? I do. And you mentioned a big one. This one's a big one, too. The Tennessee Titans lose Derrick Henry for potentially the whole year. If not the whole year, they may, may, may get him back for the playoffs. As of right now, it's not looking too great. You got to see how everything rolls. But he goes down with a foot injury. He gets surgery today, actually, of 
of the first on Monday. He got surgery. And they, they're they not the worst losers because they get a little something in return. They go ahead and go sign all-day AP Adrian Peterson coming out of the shadows, yeah. coming over to Tennessee to take over the spot for Derrick well, Henry. We talked about this a little bit, and we've talked about it with Gerard, who you'll see him in a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. AP was just Derrick Henry before Derrick Henry, so... Obviously, yeah. he's a couple of years now removed from, from how dominant he was in that MVP season he had. But if AP can just provide some some quality touches like he kind of has in the last couple of years when he was with Washington, he gave them – he was a number one back for about a year and a half. Uh, he yeah. Was, a, was looking good there, too. He was a useful enough back. He, I think he had like a 150-yard game once with like the Lions, like – He's been productive, and he's not on the team right now. Just It has to be because of age, and uh, you know, may, maybe he can provide something for the, the Titans. I'm not banking on it. He is a little long in the tooth, as some would say, but AP being back is awesome for football. Yeah, and if, if their running game has a good enough scheme, AP will slide in, give them just half of what you could want from Henry, even a quarter. And you just hope you can make it work from yeah. there. Yeah. And that, that's it. You gotta hope. All you gotta do is hope. All right, you got any others for me, or are we kicking it over to our specialist? Uh, let's talk to our specialist. What you got for hey, us, G? G, come talk to me real quick, G. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, G-Man. And today, we are back with another segment of Fantasy Corner Week 8. We're going to be talking about our top performers of the week as usual. I'm going to give you all a progress report of what's been going on and who the top performers are through week eight. And I'm going to give you all my most underwhelming players for the first eight weeks. To start it off, QB1, Josh Allen, 249 yards, two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown for 28.5 fantasy points. Sorry, my hat was crooked. I had to fix it. Running back one this week, Michael Carter of the New York Jets. 77 rushing yards, 95 receiving, and 32.2 fantasy points. He also had a touchdown in there, too. So, looks like that running back by committee is over in New York. So, if you're a Michael Carter owner, congratulations. A.J. Brown had his first A.J. Brown game of the season, and I have never been so happy to have him on my team. 10 receptions, 155 yards, and a touchdown for 33.5 fantasy points. A.J. Brown looks to be cooking, especially with the injury of Derrick Henry, but we'll get to that later. T.J. Hawkinson's your number one tight end this week. 10 receptions, 89 yards for 18.9 fantasy points. So the progress reports, we're going to be going over the top players in each of the positions. So top three quarterbacks this year, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Josh Allen. None of those are a surprise to me. All three of those are elite-level quarterbacks and will probably be fighting for a Super Bowl later this year. Derrick Henry. That hurts. Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, and Austin Eckler are your three top running backs so far through Week 8. Obviously, this is going to change now because Derrick Henry is going to plummet just because of his season-ending injury, but we'll get more into that and what to do with that later. Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, and Debo Samuel. I don't know why I still do this every year. I'm like, I'm going to draft Cooper Cup, and I never do. 
and I'm paying for it now. Cooper Cup is having a crazy year. Jamar Chase is having one of the best rookie offensive seasons I've seen in a very long time, maybe even ever. And Debo Samuel is going legit insane over there in San Francisco. And then we have our tight ends, Travis Kelsey, no surprise. Mark Andrews kind of surprised me. And TJ Hawkinson, no surprise there. All three of those are usually top five tight ends in the in like fantasy drafts. So no surprise to see them at the top this far. So the most underwhelming, this is gonna hurt me a lot because I have three of these guys on my team. Well, <clears throat> had two out of them, three. QB, the most underwhelming QB in my opinion is Matt Ryan. Uh, we know the Falcons are never a good team, but we always expect Matt Ryan to perform decent enough to make an impact in fantasy. And he's not doing that. He looks trash. Whole Falcons offense minus one person looks trash. Running back is also on the Falcons. Mike Davis, trash. How do you get your starting spot taken by a kick returner, a punt returner? I'll wait. Trash. It's a tie for me for the worst wide receiver our most underwhelming wide receiver so far between OBJ and Allen Robinson. Two, three years ago, OBJ was on a tear. People talking about OG, OBJ, top five wide receiver in the league, top five, or top 10 all time. And right now he looks like an over-glorified, over-glorified Juju Smith-Schuster. Maybe it's just me, but very disappointing season for him so far. Him and Baker, don't got it. Allen Robinson, and here's the reason why Allen Robinson disappoints me the most. Um, you can say that he has really bad quarterback because he has Justin Fields, who is eh, and then he had Carson Wentz, not Carson Wentz, but uh, Andy Dalton, like, eh. So you're like, oh, you know, it's not, it's not his fault. It's his fault because he had Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback for the past three years, and two out of those three years, he finished as a top 15 wide receiver. So, very underwhelming. And then tight ends, uh, tight ends are pretty much played out the way I would expect. I think the most the surprising to me right now is George Kittle. He hasn't really had any had a blowout game. Granted, he's been hurt the past three games on IR, but he hasn't had a George Kill type game. So. Let's go into some waiver real quick before we wrap this up. Derrick Henry, I'm sorry if he's on your team. If he was on your team, you would have probably had a good chance to win just because of the sheer production he produced every week. And he's gone. So what you need to do, Jeremy Nichols, uh, he's their backup, the change of pace running back. He's going to have an increased workload for sure. Keep an eye on Adrian Peterson because the Titans are working him out. So keep an eye on him. Uh, if you need some more running back help, we're looking at Boston Scott off the Philadelphia Eagles and Jordan Howard. Kenneth Gainwell was supposed to be the, the one to step up in Miles Sanders' absence, but he did not do that. And both Scott and Howard had two rushing touchdowns on Sunday. So other than that, there isn't really much going on. Um, if you do have Derrick Henry, I wanted to just offer my condolences to you 
and losing your season. Unless you somehow have like Cup and like Debo on your team too or whatever. But what you might have to do with Derrick Henry's situation, I'm looking, if I'm if I have him, I'm looking to trade my second or third star for depth. Like you trade one dude and you trade your second or third dude and get two dudes back for depth, especially at the running back position, because you're gonna need it. But other than that, that's it for Fantasy Corner. I'm Gerard. Catch y'all later. Peace. Thank you, Gerard, for the fantasy insight. He has been on a tear all year, uh, specifically against Allen Robinson. It's kind of disrespectful. It's super deserved, though. Allen Robinson, you stink. You stink. And no Miles Gaskin hype this week because he was honestly two straight weeks of being mediocre. Uh, also want to bring up, because we didn't touch <laughs> on it, that, um, what's his name? Uh, Calvin Ridley. Uh, good for you. Stepping away from the game. If you need a mental break or anything of that nature and you just don't feel up to it, whether it's you're an NFL player, you're a day-to-day -day just worker, whatever you do, if, if mentally you aren't in it, try and take a break. Go talk to somebody if you need to. That's super important to us, so make sure that you guys take care of yourself mentally and physically as much as you possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. Big shout-out to Ridley for being brave enough to take that step away because it's not easy it's not easy a lot of people will just go through the motions and not try to seek that help so it's really good that he's doing that wish him the best hopefully we get to see him back on the field at some point and yeah yeah well we'll see what happens we'll see what happens and thankfully you just saw me uh listening i was trying to make sure that you guys could still hear brooklyn over there we can't so we're good Thank goodness. We had some, some weird difficulty, but we are back and you can be heard with that, that, that gusto that you, you tend to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Let's get before it. we get into the World Series stuff, because the World Series has been a roller coaster and people have been ups and downs. And the last game was like one of the more exciting games in a while. It starts with a grand slam and all that. We'll, we'll get more into that, though. NBA, we are two weeks in. There is a lot to talk about in the NBA, and we're not going to get to it yet because we do want to wrap up the World Series and MLB before we get super into the NBA, uh, just so we're not overloading you guys with a lot of stuff. But yeah. what we are going to talk about, I want to hear who are you, it can be a player, coach, team, organization, whatever it is, who are you surprised about uh, this early in the year? I mean, it is... Uh, is the year is young. There's only about six or seven games for every team, but there are some standouts early and there are some surprises and um, more on a positive end too because we're not going to look too negatively on anybody or anything yeah. this early. Yeah, and it, it's hard to really take stock in too much of any of it because, like you said, the year is young, so anybody with a lot of wins right now, you you take it in stride. You, you clap. Good job. And that's what I'm doing with the Washington Wizards. Okay. They're, they're sitting at the top of the East, tied for first with a four-way yeah, tie with the okay. Knicks, Bulls, and, and Heat. And it seemed like they were just going to be a wasteland for a bunch of uh, these players. You got KCP, um, you got Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, Bradley Beal, Heat. He's the leader of that, and then they go out and get Dinwiddie from the Nets, and they're looking good. They're they're playing well. They're playing gritty. 
it seems like they're all meshing pretty nicely. Bradley Beal with 24.4 points a game right now. Dinwiddie and Montrez are both at 19. Kuzma's averaging 15. It's all just looking really interesting for a team that I feel like everybody came into this season just writing them off. The Wizards weren't anywhere close to being in the conversation for any of the teams at the top, even though it's still early. Yeah, and I mean... Things things will change. Yeah, 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 for sure. Things will change. But as of right now, good job. Go, go Washington. We give you guys some thumbs up for Dude, the first time in what weeks. What a week for I am complimenting the Jets, and you are complimenting a team from Washington. This is, ab- this is abnormal. This is abnormal. And I just want you guys to know, this will never happen again. <laughs> this nope. will never happen again. So, yeah. Shout yeah, out. Big shout out. And uh, you're right. I mean, the Wizards, I think, are going to be bad. <laughs> I, I don't think this stays. I, I They wind up. I think they could be a play-in tournament yeah, team. Yeah, and I think they'll probably float around and there. That, that's fair. But yeah, That's fair. It's, Live your it, life. It's kind of funny that the Wizards... They trade Russ, and uh, they're a little better. It's a uh, it's a it's a sadly telling uh, narrative that's making itself at this point, where he's just uh, I don't know, I don't know. Lakers are four and three right now, so <laughs> he's he's not the best. But for a surprise for me, uh, I do want to shout out the Knicks. The Knicks are a very pleasant surprise. That's not mine because I did think they were going to be a lot better this year. I love the upgrades they made. They're going to be really good, but is not just the team, the Charlotte Hornets, right? But Miles Bridges, Miles Bridges is having an absolutely fantastic year to start the year. Yeah. Like, he's been very, very good. He's shooting 50% from the field, career high. 24.6 points a game right now, which just absolutely blows past everything he's done in the past that's a lot of points per game that is that is a that is some all-star superstar type stuff that uh he's mm-hmm. a career 11 a game guy and to make a jump over double that we already knew he was a super freak of an athlete right we, we've known that we've seen the oh, absolutely. we've seen the chase downs he he's he's an athlete and that's that's what we've always seen from him at a college we knew he was an athlete. It was whether or not he can get the shot down. Uh, that was always kind of a question mark. He's shooting 37% from the three, so he's adding it to his bag a little bit. It's not great, but he's adding it. But the, uh, he, he dominates this offense now, and maybe it's just his connection with LaMelo. Uh, maybe it's that a lot of the guys on this team can shoot and kind of spread the floor for him. He's playing really well. I think he's going to be keeping it up for a lot of the year and he's going to be up for most improved if he does figure it out maybe being and he wants that contract he wants that contract he wants that contract and he's not going to get a max or anything like that but he's definitely working towards the the closer side of it if he can keep this up uh because i mean if he re-signed last year he would have not made anywhere near the amount of money he's going to now if this trend continues and you know it's only seven games in really hard to like put a lot of stock into it again but i i do think it can continue bearing that 
stays healthy, LaMelo stays healthy, because I do think it's a byproduct of LaMelo as well. Not saying it's fully, yeah, but the way they play together complements each other. Yeah, it's, he's a and great it, roller, and he's, again, having an athlete that can, like, make up for a lot of things others might lack is really, really nice. And he's become a good defender, too, so I'm liking yeah. it. I'm really liking what I'm seeing. I also want to point out uh, John Morant as a pleasant surprise. You'd, he's been very good, and he's gotten better every year, but he is, like, another level right now. He is, he is crazy. And that's the thing. I don't, I don't even really look at that as a surprise. It's kind of just, you know what, you know why I think development happens. You know why I say that? Why? You know that there's Pelican fans right now that are upset. They drafted Zion because of just how well he's playing. It's no knock on Zion. I think Zion's fantastic. Obviously the injury, the weight's concerning. We don't, I don't think he wants to stay there anyway. You get the feel he's doing a Harden type of thing right now, you know, wiggling his way out. Of and when the- a young when a young guy comes in and does that, it's just if, if it's the case. If it is the case, who, yeah. who's at least there. Harden like paid his dues and like gave it his all in Houston for a long time. This is a what is he a second year, third year guy that hasn't even played a full season yet and had some injuries. He's yeah. had several injuries now at this point, and I don't know you'll. It's not to put him down or anybody down. Just Jaws really good. Some people might be regretting, which is crazy to think that's even a possibility. Absolutely. Great. Yeah, Jaws. Jaws on another level, man. Jaws. Big shout out to him. We love Jaws around here. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. But before we get there, keep an eye out for our NBA City Jersey reaction video dropping this week. NBA just dropped them all today, so if you haven't seen them, go look at them. We're not showing you any of them right now. Go ahead, hit it to our socials, at underscore the spectators. Check that all out. Give you a little sneak peek. And stay tuned on the YouTube probably tomorrow, Wednesday. Who's to say? Check it out. Go sub. Appreciate it. And the floor is yours. Floor is, take, take us to the promised land. The floor land. is mine, and guess what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it in. World Series 2021. Atlanta Braves, Houston Astros. We are six games, or no, we're five games in. <laughs> it's like on six. Uh, we're going to game six. It's going back to Houston. Braves in six. It's going back to Houston. The Braves had a chance to win the series last night. They start the game with a grand slam from Adam Duvall. And then the Astros just poured it on. They The Astros were hitting yesterday. And if you want to sum up how well they were hitting... They pinch hit Zach Greinke in the early innings, and he got a hit. They pinch hit Which was insane. Because they wanted to keep their bench bats for the end of the game so that they could use him in a high-leverage situation, and Zach Greinke gets a hit. Amazing. <laughs> so, I don't know. The, the bats are waking up over there in Houston. Yeah, and it's gonna be interesting going back to houston they're they're in their element they play great at home and it's it just seems especially with the way the braves have been this playoffs it's like okay something happens and it's like wow they just blew it they're not gonna win this series now yeah and then they managed to break it out and 
go ahead and find a way to win. Now I will say, and I feel I feel like that's where the narrative could be right now. Like you jump out, you feel like all the momentum's there, you got the game, and then it just rolls over and they end up winning. They need to win it tonight, or not tonight, but they need to win it and. If yeah, they need seven, to win like it in game if six. If this goes seven, I don't like it at all. No. Because you can't. Now you got the whole Atlanta 3-1, lose it. It's in the back of your head. You don't even want it to be there. You got, you're got. you reading everything. Okay. You see it all. Don't let it happen. Don't go to seven games. End it tomorrow. Have your parade. Sing Kumbaya. Oh, get your rings. Do not let it go seven because you're not winning. Well, and it's hate to break it to you, hate to say it. It's crazy how much uh, Atlanta sports or Georgia sports have been pretty good in the last handful of years that this has become like a curse. But you know, when the Falcons blow it to the Patriots, and then um, Georgia blows it to Alabama, I think was that that final. They had a big lead. They wound up blowing it, and then mm-hmm. the Braves last year. 3-1 lead, lose it to the Dodgers. We kind of got scared that that was going to happen again this year. Yeah. Then, but now here we are again. They have a 3-1 lead. They're playing a very seasoned team with the core four that has played the most postseason games together ever, all time, of any group of guys, with Gurriel, Bregman, uh, Correa, and Altuve. It's just the whole infield, which is wild that it's like the starting infield. It's really cool, too. Yeah, it's really cool. And, again, they were not hitting well. Correa was not having a good series until yesterday. Don't let him get hot. Bregman was not having a good series until yesterday. Don't let him get hot. Yuli Gurriel popped off yesterday. <laughs> but here's, here's yeah. the main thing, right? You need somebody on the Braves. It sounds like we're doom and gloom in the, Gra- the Braves. We're not. You need somebody who is not acquired at the deadline to play a little better. You just need it. You had a big home run from Freddie Freeman yesterday. Ozzy Albies is kind big of big time. Dansby has not hit the ball particularly well. It's been Adam Duvall. It's been Solaire. It's been Eddie Rosario. We need somebody on this team to step up because if not, don't Kyle Tucker is going to start hitting at some point. Jordan is going to start hitting at some point. Don't let it get to seven. <laughs> don't let it get to that, seven. That's it. That's it. Don't like, let it get there. Just don't let it get don't to seven. It. Whatever you got to do, I don't care what it is, just win it in six. Because I don't care how good you guys play in game seven. The Astros are going to be on another level. They're going to have all the momentum. Yeah. Every and single all. bit of it. You guys are going to be backpedaling, trying to catch up, and they're just going to run right through the finish line and probably demolish you well, guys. Well, let's not forget, there's no Charlie Morton, so. No. You don't have that big game. I mean, Max Fried has been good, but he did not pitch well in game two. You need. No. You get... I'm not going to say it again. I'm not going to say it again, Atlanta. Say, say, say it one more time. One more time. Don't let it get to game seven. Win it in six on Tuesday if you're going to win it. You heard, you heard the man. If you don't want to win it, then go yeah, ahead. Go seven. You if you want to wait for Acuna, go ahead. Yeah, come back next year. It's okay. Just, 
Thank you S- come simply again. Simply make the World Series again. Simply. <laughs> Get good, come back. <laughs> Get good and come back. Yeah, and I mean, I don't I'm really looking forward. I don't know who's pitching tomorrow. They've been kind of weird about saying, like, the pitchers. I know the Braves have been, like, tweeting their starting pitcher, like, a couple hours before the game because they don't even know who they can start. They're kind of getting that Dodgers treatment right now. I don't know who's starting. I imagine. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you. No idea. So, we're going to look out for that. I'm excited. Baseball's almost over, which sucks, but... I'm so excited. And then, hey, by next week, we'll be this will be over. We'll, fa- we'll talk about it. And then it's strictly NBA season from us. We're going full gear. I can't wait. I can't wait either. NBA's been fun to watch this year, too. I've been watching a lot of NBA when I get the chance. I've been throwing a lot of games on, and it has been a very good time. Scoring is just, like, insane. Chris Duarte for rookie of the year, by the way. Go Ducks. Let's go Ducks. <laughs> But you got anything else for me, Brick? Uh, nah. Like I said, keep an eye out on the YouTube. And happy Halloween. Hope everybody had a good time. I know we did. Wild. And yeah, we're going to see you guys right back here next week. At underscore the spectators. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Go check it out. We're about to hit 100 subscribers on YouTube. So if you're listening to this or you're watching this and you're not subbed and you want to be that 100, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. We, we appreciate it. it. Thank you, guys. But much love. And yeah, We'll be back next week. Yeah. Until then, later, everybody. Peace.